Hello, everybody. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. Today, joined by my friends, Brian Hunsaker. Hey, how you doing? I'm real good. Good. And Spencer Nelson. What's up, IGGA world? Not the market right now, Spencer, but that leads us into a question. What's going on? What's going, What's going on? <laughs> now, don't start singing. We got new mics in the house, and he thinks he's a singer. But a couple of things that we wanted to address today, folks uh, listening at home. First off, thanks for taking a few minutes of your time. We're going to address two things. Number one, real quick, because it seems like every six months we face the same conversation, which is why is the market down 6% off its highs and you see all this news about a trade war and all sorts of crazy stuff. That's the first thing we're going to address. The second thing we're going to answer is how many stocks should be in your portfolio? And this isn't a, a question that we get quite often from, from prospects and, and maybe from some of our clients who are newer, potentially. But, but we'll answer that question. But first off, Brian Spencer, tell me, I'm, I'm a client. I'm a little nervous right now about the market trade war. Everything happening. What should I do? Gosh, two weeks ago, everybody's talking about how great the economy is. It's so strong, and you know, let's let's just move forward, and everything's rosy. And and uh, you know, one little piece of information comes out, and they may might uh, seem like there's weakness in the market or weakness in the economy, and and everybody's now worried about you know what's the trade trade wars with China and and uh, recessions around the corner, and it just seems like this is a replay of of last fall, um, what, you know, what was going on in the market and everybody's worried about a recession and, you know, the effects of trade on the economy. And, but, but, but China is retaliating guys against the U S they retaliated six months ago as well. (laughs) No, it, it, it matters. It does. I mean, it does matter. A trade war matters, but at the same time, uh, it's short-term volatility. Eventually, something will get figured out. Uh, it's not going to last forever. There will come a solution. It will be a little more beneficial for China or a little more beneficial for America. But I think more than anything, what you're seeing is just uncertainty. That's what markets hate. Once you have a definite, hey, this is the direction it's going, well, then markets can continue to move past that. But with the uncertainty of how it's going to play out, Trump and China will figure something out. Maybe it'll be, like I said, a little better deal for the U.S. Maybe it'll be a little better deal for China. Who knows? But eventually something will get figured out and we'll move past this. You said an important word there, which was short. Short Short-term volatility. Brian, you had a prospect in our office yesterday. You were talking to that prospect and you talked about three years with that individual. Tell us what what three years and what what did you tell that individual about three years? Yeah, you know, when we get a new customer, we think if we can have establish a relationship with that customer for at least three years, um, that customer will experience downturns. They're experience up markets, and we think if they can over a three year period, we feel pretty confident that the odds are that we'll, they'll see positive results in their account. But we can't. You know, we can't predict what's going to happen over the next six months or the next uh, day or, you know, the next year. But we think over a three-year period, odds are that you're going to see positive results. You're going to go through downturns and upturns and, 
And uh, but once we get a customer for three years, we feel like we'll get them for ten or for life. No, for more than that. Yeah. So yeah. three years, you'll experience the ups and downs of a market, just right. like what we're experiencing now. Right. But when we buy stocks, which leads us to the next question: is how many stocks we should own? We don't buy stocks looking to hold them for six months. We buy stocks looking to hold them for. Well, really, we go into it thinking we're going to hold them forever. I mean, that's our that's our mentality. That's our attitude is when we buy a business, we think, hey, we'd love to own this business forever. And if you understand our process, you know, we look for great, you know, some of the great businesses in the world, great companies that have competitive advantages with great management and selling at reasonable prices. So we go into it thinking, hey, we'd love to own this business forever, knowing that we constantly monitor those investments. And if we see that we need to make a change or there's some problems in, in you know, developing in that business from a competitive standpoint, we'll make a change. But when we go into it, we think, hey, we we want to own this business for a long time. Okay. And if we don't want to own it for a long time, then we aren't going to buy it. Why are we going to buy something that we want to own so, for six months that we don't believe right. is going to be successful for a long period of time? And successful even in the midst of a trade war? Absolutely. I mean, I think... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So are we worried about the trade war happening right now? Well, I mean, like we're aware. Sure. We're aware of the trade war. We're constantly evaluating how it's affecting the companies, if anything's changing. But no, we're not gonna we're not gonna run for the exits on a trade war. We we think that things like this trade opportunity for long term investors. It's the short term investors that you know, this could ruin their ruin their uh, investment portfolio because they're so focused on short-term uh, returns. But we're really focused on long-term. And when we talk long-term, we're thinking three, five, ten years and longer. And a trade war within the midst of that time frame may affect a stock like Apple, for example, which we own, yep. full disclosure. It may affect that in the short term, but in the long term, we feel like... It's not that big a deal. We have buy targets on every one of our investments where we will buy. And so what this creates is if stock prices go down, this creates an opportunity for us to add more. To buy more. But to buy more. And we have plenty of cash for clients and new clients especially to put that to work. So we're in a pretty good position. Okay, so trade war, it's out there. We're monitoring the situation, but we're not freaked out about it like, what you would see if you turn on CNBC. Right. Fair to say? Fair to say. That leads us to the next question. When we talk about stocks, we talk about our process. A question that that we get a lot from prospects, you know, investigating our firm. Should I invest with these people or should I not? Is how many stocks are in our portfolios. Now, when we get portfolios to review, and we do plenty of portfolio reviews, we're looking at a typical portfolio that has... I don't know, 40, 50, sometimes 100. We've seen portfolios with more than 100 stocks. You well, know. And sometimes we see a portfolio with a dozen mutual funds, and inside of each one of those mutual funds, there's 50 to 100 stocks or more. So they may have 500 or 1,000 different positions in their portfolio. Yep. In fact, I investigated a client owned three ETFs. Those three ETFs held over 3,000 companies. Okay, we're going to talk about this, but what's the answer? Because as people look at our portfolio, 
they'll see 10 to 12 stocks, maybe some a little, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less at times. And they look at us like we're nuts. And we're looking at their portfolio that has 100 stocks like it's a big pile of, you, I mean, beep, right? <laughs> it's like it's a piece of crap. So what's the answer? And before we answer the question, Brian, you've had an affinity towards Warren Buffett for a very long time. Yeah. I want to play just a quick clip of Warren Buffett answering this question, and then I want you and Spencer to answer and summarize what Warren Buffett and from your experience add a little bit more. We think diversification is, as practiced generally, makes very little sense for anyone that knows what they're doing. Uh, they, diversification is a protection against ignorance. I mean, if you want to make sure that nothing bad happens to you relative to the market, you own everything. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that is a perfectly sound approach for somebody who, who does not feel they know how to analyze businesses. If you know how to analyze businesses and value businesses, it's crazy to own 50 stocks or 40 stocks or 30 stocks probably, uh, because there aren't that many wonderful businesses at, that are understandable to a single human being in all likelihood. And it, and to have some super wonderful business and then put money in number 30 or 35 on your list of attractiveness and, and forego putting more money into number one just strikes Charlie and me as, as, as madness. And it, it's conventional practice and it, it, it may, uh, you know, if all you have to achieve is, is average, uh, it, it's, uh, it it's, uh, may preserve your job, but it, it's a confession in our view that you don't really understand the businesses that you own. Brian, what say you? I love that last sentence. It's a confession that you don't understand the businesses you own. When I look at other uh, investors and analyze other investment portfolios, uh, one of the things that the first thing I look at is how many names do they have in their portfolio, and I see if I see thirty, fifty, you know, I'm really not interested in, you know, looking at some of their ideas because I, I, to me, that's a confession that they really don't understand what they own. I mean, that's like Buffett said. It's you know, if you have, if you have fifty stocks, it's you know probably because of ignorance and you don't understand how to value a business or don't understand businesses, and so. You know, I really um, look for other investors that have concentrated portfolios that where there's conviction, and uh, and so we feel like we can un- we understand businesses and we know how to value them, and so f- it doesn't make any sense for us to own thirty or forty stocks in our portfolio. Why would we do that? Just like Buffett said, why would we put money in our fortieth best idea when we have you know ideas that we really have a lot of conviction? And uh, why wouldn't we put more money in those stocks? So you said something interesting there, and I want Spencer's take. You you can't own thirty stocks or forty stocks or fifty stocks because you don't you can't understand those businesses. Why 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 can't you understand fifty businesses, Spencer? Well, there's twenty four hours a day <laughs> and seven days a week, and we all have a certain amount of bandwidth. And so to be able to actually understand what's going on in the business and to monitor that, to regularly keep up with that, there's no way someone can really understand 50 businesses. I I just don't think the intellectual and mental capacity and time is there. And so you can 
evaluate and maybe analyze on the surface 50 businesses. But if you're going to really understand those businesses, it's just too many. And so you you kind of, it's a funnel, you know, everyone, it's a funnel where you start at the top with a certain number of companies that you're looking at, and then you just narrow it down and narrow it down to the criteria. And then eventually, you know, based on our process, we get to what we believe are the best companies out there. And what, to speak to what Brian said, why would you put money in your 50th best idea if you have real conviction on your top 10 to 20 ideas? You know, I think that's reasonable. I think you can really know 20 companies or less. But to get into 30 or 40 or 50, I, I, I just don't think that's possible. I think also a lot of people look at a portfolio with 10 or 15 stocks and think, oh, Man, you guys are risky investors. Risky, These risky, guys are nuts. Yeah, but we—if you people understand—in fact, I had this conversation this morning with two of our customers about our process and how we look at businesses. And if you realize that we are looking at the some of the best businesses in the world and own some of the best businesses in the world, and we really think the risk in our portfolio is very low when you th- when you're thinking 3 5 and 10 years down the road. We've we own great businesses with durable long-term competitive advantages. And so owning 10 or 12 businesses like that in our mind is not risky. And again, risk is not volatility. Risk is the the chance that you lose your capital permanently, a permanent loss of capital. So a permanent loss of capital uh, is is risk. And we feel like the 10, 12, 14 companies that we own, businesses that we own, because we know them so well, are low risk when looking at the permanent loss of capital. Over the long term. Over the long term. We're not talking six months or a month or a day. We're talking three, five, and 10 years. And we don't get everything right? No, No, we'll make mistakes for sure. But when we look at our portfolio over three, five, and 10 years, we think we have a portfolio that's the risk is very acceptable. How many hours of research, quick answer, how many hours of research do you feel like we put into each individual stock that we buy? So that's a really hard question because I've been doing this for nearly 30 years and I think all of it's cumulative. I mean, my understanding of a business has been going, of a certain business industries, I've been really accumulating that information over the last 30 years. And so, for example, take, for example, Boeing. I've never owned, we've never owned Boeing in our portfolios before, but I've been watching Boeing for the last, you know, 20 years. And so, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I dare I don't, say hundreds of hours. I mean, a long time. Yep. You know, when you look at the industry and reading oh, about it. and do all that e- Easily hundreds. Yeah. Easily hundreds of hours. That's right. not even a question. Right. Easily hundreds of hours. Yeah. So with that in mind, he, Warren Buffett said one thing that I love, and I want your take on what this means, Spencer. He says, more than so many stocks is just the attempt at the portfolio manager or advisor to preserve their job. What does that mean? Well, it's important. So the S&P 500 is kind of the backdrop. And people can use that either as a target or also as a scapegoat. And I would say definitely advisors, and I totally understand why, because they don't want to devote the hundreds of hours, will just diversify so broadly that they're just trying to match the market. But I would tell someone, 
why are you invested in those in, in individual stocks then just invest in the S&P you know in the in the market in general but really then they can point to the market and say we matched it we matched it we matched it you know and that's the type of i think performance that those advisors are really trying to to get to to just keep everything safe kind of play it safe which is a strategy and like buffett said that's absolutely fine if you don't have the acumen to really understand and analyze businesses that is a viable strategy and i don't knock that unless someone wants to understand businesses and really dive into it like we do there's just no value add in doing that it's average yes how many fees how many advisors out there can actually value a business? Put a value and say, "What's so this business JP worth?" So, J.P. Morgan had a um, a study a year and a half ago, maybe that said, out of all the portfolio managers slash advisors, ten percent of those individuals use fundamental analysis. Ten percent. Hmm. Well, so did, I don't know. That answers your question. Ten percent of the advisors out there. Well, yeah. it, it, I'll, I'll tell That's a insane. I'll tell a really quick story, and I wasn't even planning on telling this story. So I am a coming. I'm a couple years out of college. I'm playing basketball in Europe. I'm flying back to Europe. I catch a connection, a flight from Salt Lake to Denver, and then I'm going Denver to Europe. And I, I love markets. I'm managing my own portfolio at that time. I sit next to an advisor from from. I'm not going to name the firm. And I sit there and I'm talking to him and I'm wanting to talk about the market. I'm wanting to talk about investments. And he finally, after about 10 to 15 minutes, and I kind of understood he wasn't really grasping a lot of what I was saying. Not that I you know, am some genius or anything. But then he finally just said, I'll be honest with you, I don't follow the market very much. <laughs> I, I just, I just kind of do what... The mothership tells me to do and allocate money where the mothership, you know, tells me to allocate money. And I and I totally understand a lot of advisors don't want, like I said, to devote the time and energy because it takes a lot of time and energy to dive into these businesses. But at that point, you have to ask yourself, you know, can my advisor analyze businesses? If he can't, then what am I paying for? And the risk in that portfolio, not being able to analyze a business, is probably greater than a portfolio like ours where we understand the businesses. Yeah. Spencer, I spent my first 10 years in the business industry on that side of the table where the, the corporate headquarters wanted our, the financial advisors to just you know, toe the line and sell the products and, and don't, they didn't, they didn't want us to be analysts. They wanted us to be sales guy and that's sales guys. And that's exactly what they are sales guys. The other thing, Spencer, that your story reiterates to me is that these other advisors out there, and again, not naming names, but there's bad advisors out there. There's also very good advisors out there just so everybody knows. But yeah. in your, in your story, it reiterates the fact that they don't have, they don't want to spend the time because they want to spend the time looking for more assets to bring into yeah, the Yeah, to mother. sell. Yep. Absolutely. So they're full-time marketers. They understand enough to talk about it, but they don't truly understand what it is in that portfolio. Yeah. Hey, i got to spend my time marketing. Bring more money in. That's where they 
And that's really what most advisors do. Yep. They're, they're sales and marketing guys. All right. So to round out this conversation, I'm going to play one more clip from Brian, your hero, and now I think one of our heroes as well, and that's Warren Buffett. But this is where his right-hand man, Charlie Munger, jumps in. Come on. Charlie Munger is awesome. He's a national treasure. <laughs> Charlie Munger. He is not politically correct. And he's picking up on the same on the same topic uh, of of how many stocks you should own and diversification and and all those things. Yeah, you know, what he's saying is that much of what is taught in modern corporate finance courses is twaddle. You want to elaborate on that, Charlie? <laughs> you cannot believe this stuff. I mean, it's uh, modern portfolio theory, and yeah, it's it's it has no utility. I mean, it, it, it you know it will tell you how to do average, but you know, I I I think uh, anybody can figure out how to do average in fifth grade. I mean, it, it's just not that difficult. And uh, it's, it's elaborate, and, you know, there's lots of little Greek letters and all kinds of things to make you feel that you're in the big leagues. But it, uh, there is no value added. <laughs> and that's the point. There's no value added in a portfolio with that many stocks or that many mutual funds. Yeah, what's your beta, what's your alpha, you know, what's all these Greek letters? What's your standard deviation standard in deviation. 2008 with the, you know, triple south cow tied in? Like, what does all that mean? Isn't that a figure skating move? Yeah. <laughs> yes. A triple south cow? Yeah. Christy Yamaguchi? It's, yes. It's made it to high finance now. With that, my friends, I hope that answers the question of how many stocks to have in your portfolio. Thanks for taking the time today. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.